Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Three goals in three games and history made for Fuller and Balagoon. What a start at Reims. We also have the likes of Brooke Norton Cuffey now on, on loan. Salah Eddin also on loan now as well as Tom Smith. A lot has happened this week. Marcelo Flores makes his competitive debut, full debut, starting for Real Oviedo as they get their first win of the season. And Tyrese John Jules also gets his first league start and scoring a goal a lot of fun action to catch everybody up on, and let's not waste any time. Getting right into it, as I mentioned, at the top, Flo Balagoon, three goals in three games in League Un. Unbelievable start for Flo, and you could just see it coming. Again, I, I credit this to Chris Wilder so much for making Flo such a more complete center forward. That loan was so perfect for him. We knew he was a goal scorer. We knew he was going to add goals and assists. But what we didn't know is if he could stand up to the test of physicality of senior football. We saw it a little bit in that Brentford match at the beginning of last year when Flo was thrown into the mix. He seemed a little lost, kind of alternating with Martinelli, left wing center forward. He seemed a little lost positionally. He wasn't making the right runs. He had trouble pinning defenders with his back to goal. All of those issues easily resolved at Burrow after a nice spell with the U23s last year, getting his confidence back up. And now he's just scoring goals. Scored a girl early on in this match that was actually ruled offside by a hair four minutes in. Made an excellent run off the back shoulder of a defender. Picked up a ball on a great through ball and slotted past the keeper. Didn't think that that was offside when I saw it. Obviously, VAR has other words for all of that, but it didn't matter. Flo later scored with excellent agility. Able to stop on a dime, control the ball, reshift his body, and slot it just past the keeper, just over the line. But that's all that you need, and that's a goal. Uh, Reims drew this match 1-1 with Strasbourg, and Balagoon has made history. He is the first player in 47 years to score in each of the first three games for the club. Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable by him, and this match was by far his best so far. He easily could have had four or five assists. Not only was he excellent in hold-up play, he was making incisive passes. He was finding open men in the box, pinpoint crosses. This goalie, by the way, for Strasbourg had a hell of a game. I mean, I'm not even faulting the Reims teammates all that often. They put some good efforts on target, and the goalie had an excellent game. He almost saved Balogun's goal as well all the way across the net. Literally crept over the line by a millimeter. Uh, but unbelievable match from Flo. He had two shots on target, uh, one successful dribble, 9 of 10 passing, two key passes, and two big chances created. He won five of seven ground duels, drew three fouls, and made a tackle. He was physically up to the challenge. He was mentally up to the challenge. And as I said, his center forward play has really become fantastic. He makes all sorts of different runs. He stretches the defense out, running into the channels, receiving balls, taking defenders on, happy to come back to the ball to help with link-up play, play out from the back, play in possession. It's a totally different player from what we saw a year ago playing for Arsenal against Brentford around this time of year. It's a completely, completely different player and one that's going to translate quite well to the senior game as we're already seeing. I mean, this season is going to be a lot, of, a lot of joy for him. Three goals in three games is no joke in your first step up to top flight football. That is absolutely no joke. That doesn't happen randomly. Obviously, he will hit struts, I mean, droughts. He will hit lulls. 
Uh, not playing in an excellent team, that'll happen regardless. But he looks great, and I'm I'm just very excited. This was another. I, it's such a clear plan from Arsenal. They're picking smart loan moves, and, and this was a very smart one for Flo. And, and worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario, his transfer value is just skyrocketing. Once you can show you can do it in the top flight, your transfer value immediately goes up. It, it's just a, it's a different story, and and you'll have suitors from all different leagues. Once you've shown you can do it outside of England, you know every league will be after Fuller and Balogun. Next up, we have Brooke Norton Cuffey, who finalized his loan move to Rotherham. Um, playing in the championship now, big move for him. They play with a five at the back, so he'll be playing mostly right wing back, which has its positives and negatives. I thought last year it was great to see him play in a back four for the most part, improve defensively, uh, improve his positioning. This will give him a chance to kind of improve his ability to play in the half spaces a little bit, his ability to play in 1v1s out wide and to really stretch the defense and work on his precision and his crossing. He's going to have to put up some big assist numbers this year, at least some big big chances created. Obviously, at this level, not much you can do if your team isn't scoring your crosses. But great to see him make this move. There was some speculation he would stay at home. I think they were waiting so long to make it happen just in case the Ben White right-back experiment didn't work out, right? Because if Ben White at right back isn't working out, then you just have Tomiyasu and Cedric. You don't want to be relying on Tomiyasu or Cedric. So that's why I think they waited to see that Ben White can fill in that right back position very well. And that means there wasn't room for Brooklyn and Cuffey this year uh, to play in that position on the right side. I think he has a good loan move here. And next season, obviously, Cedric's uh, contract will be over. Norton Cuffey comes in as the backup right back. If we're going to be hopefully playing Champions League football, you need four strong center backs. I'm sure we'll bring in another center back next year. Um, so Ben White will be obviously more in that rotational center back area. Brooke Norton Cuffey could arguably fight for that right back position, but we're looking way too far ahead. Back to Brooke Norton Cuffey making his debut in the Carabao Cup in a 1-0 loss to Morricone. Played 64 minutes. Not his best match, let's be honest. Um, obviously, he has not played since the Euro under-17s, has not played any kind of match. Uh, I'm sorry, since the Euro under-19 championships. Hasn't played in any competitive matches. So he was just a little bit slow to it. A little bit off the pace. Match fitness wasn't there. He wasn't sharp. But he didn't play poorly. I mean, 15 of 20 passing, had a key pass, had a successful dribble. His crosses weren't excellent, but I will say I didn't see many good runs from this striker core of Rotherham. Uh, but yeah, as I'm saying, just a little bit slow to it. One of seven in his duels, a uh, little bit off the pace. Just always trying to make something happen at the very least. Uh, but his first touch was a little bit heavy. Uh, he was a little slow into 50-50 balls. He did look good, actually, in aerial duels, which is, you know, I, I haven't been all that impressed with him in the air. But not only did he look strong in them, but he was winning headers to his own team. Uh, he had a couple of nice long balls over the top. There's a. This is going to be a great loan move for him. He's going to be in a lot of space. He's not going to have too much defensive responsibility. It'll be exciting for him. He's going to be excited to play week in and week out in this position. Uh, but he did do well defensively uh, a few times uh, that he was asked to. So that that's a good that's a good uh, move for him as well. Uh, I will say, from what I saw, I didn't find that Rotherham's midfielders were compact enough. I, they were not in position. They were not making themselves available to their wingbacks or their defenders. I think that's why Rotherham kind of struggled in this game to possess the ball, play out from back, and make meaningful things happen. So we'll see what happens there. But Brooke Dorn Cuffey at Rotherham, they've given him the number 10 jersey at right wing back, shows you what they think of him. Big move for him. Marcelo Flores makes his first competitive start in senior club football for Real Oviedo. 
played in that attacking midfield supporter striker role that I was talking about last week when he first came on. Uh, he played 75 minutes in Oviedo's first win, a 1-0 win over Leganes. Leganes often in La Liga, so this is a good test. This is a team that is kind of one of those yo-yo teams that you talk about, thinking of Norwich and those types of teams. And Marcelo Flores' aggression just sticks out. Like, it's so clear on the pitch that he always wants to be the first to the ball. He always wants to make something happen. He's never afraid to go into a ground duel or even an aerial duel, even though he's so small. Uh, he doesn't win a lot of aerial duels, but you like to see that from a player, that he's aggressive. It makes defenders think twice. It makes defenders make that extra step, that extra effort. And that's all that it can take sometimes to open up a goal for your team. Uh, he, Marcelo Flores easily could have had three assists off some great crosses that his teammates couldn't score from. Some left-footed in-swingers, some right-footed in-swingers, some right-footed out-swingers. He popped up all over the pitch on both sides, left and right wing, in that supporting striker role, which actually is a little bit it's the same position that he was being asked to play, but I think the fact that he got to play there for a little bit more time, he found himself more comfortable. And you know what? That works fine for him because he's comfortable on both sides. As I mentioned last week, he can cross the ball with both feet pretty equally. He can finish with both feet. He can pass with both feet. He's happy to, dri- happy to dribble onto either foot. I will say when he ventures out to that right wing, he doesn't cut into onto the left foot all that often. Something I'll have to add. Um, if he's going to play in this role. Obviously, when he's on that left wing, he loves to bring a defender inside and and create that overlap. So we'll see if he can figure that out on the right wing. Um, But the stats on this match for him, he had two shots on target, three out of six successful dribbles, 17 of 23 passing, two key passes, a big chance created. Um, And I will say, as I mentioned last week, bounceability, my word for Marcelo Flores. Let's add something to that. His change of direction is just, like, unbelievable. I mean, you talk about shuttle times in the NFL, in the combine, that's a huge thing. Uh, It's a matter of basically your ankle strength. And when you can run full speed, stop, and start running full speed the opposite direction. And in your ability to do that on a soccer pitch, on a football pitch, it makes defenders impossible to guard you because either they have to overcommit, and then when you make that change of direction, you go right around them, or they have to you know kind of stay off you a little bit, give you space. And once a player like Marcelo Flores has space, he can make unbelievable things happen. And he dropped multiple defenders to the floor with his ability to change direction on a dime. Like, he'll receive a pass or going one way, stop with the ball, and go right around them. Or take a first touch and look like he's going one way and go the opposite way. Going down the wing, looks like he's going end line, stop, the defender hits the ground, wide open area for him to cross into. And that happened multiple times this game. It is quite literally bounce ability. He has like this buoyancy in his knees and his ankles that attaches to the floor and makes him pretty much impossible to stop at certain times. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's been amazing to watch him play. Great to see him get this freedom to find space on either wing because he's such a creative player. He's so good with both feet. Uh, And his ball retention really surprised me throughout this match. Uh, He played with his back to goal quite a bit, coming to the ball to receive uh, played with his midfielders to create some combination plays and progress plays, switch the field. He's going to learn a lot of different skills if he plays in this role that he's not so used to playing in, and that's great. And, and obviously, that's how Oviedo kind of are seeing him. That's where he's getting his first start. It'll be interesting to see if that's the plan. He played there a lot in preseason. After his first start at left wing in preseason, he played a lot in this attacking midfield supporter striker role. Very, very interesting stuff. Speaking of first key starts... Tyrese John Jules gets his first start in the league at left forward, and 22 minutes in, he made it worth it, scoring an awesome, awesome goal, winning a ground duel just before 
the halfway line, turning with the ball, running into space, taking a couple defenders on, and coolly slotting it on the ground in the bottom right corner. Looked like Thierry Henry at his finest, the 14 number jersey for Ipswich, Tyrese John Jules. Just an excellent goal. And these are the types of goals that we're used to him you know, scoring. He is a finesse player in every aspect of the word. And he just had an overall really nice match. Uh, he was one of one on successful dribbles, 21 of 28 passing. Uh, one key pass, won five duels, a 3 nil win over Shrewsbury, 74 minutes of action. Ipswich, top of League One. And his hold-up play, again, was excellent. I think that's really his biz- biggest asset to this team. He kind of can float from either wing to... He wins balls in the air consistently, has great ability to jump and head it to his own teammates, head it down to himself, control the ball however he pleases. Um, and, you know, he made a lot of different runs. That That's another big thing for him. I feel like sometimes he can get stagnant or only come back to the ball. He doesn't like to stretch the defense, but he looked to stretch the defense here. He kept the defense guessing. The defenders didn't know where he was going to pop up, whether he was making a run into the channel, whether he was coming back to play for link-up play. And he caused, you know, kind of a lot of mayhem by doing this. Uh, And I would expect that to be the reason why it keeps him in the starting spot. He's really technically secure, which is huge for a side in League One to have a player like him. But the mayhem and the different runs and the aerial duels and the possession, those are the reasons why he'll stay in the team. And then the goals will keep coming because he is just a clean finisher. When he gets opportunities, he scores them. And... He's going to keep getting opportunities because Ipswich looked like the best team in League One at the moment. Another Hale Ender really coming into his own and getting secure in his side. And obviously, this guy has a manager that knows him as well as anybody. Mazita Gungbo has kind of really settled into senior football. Obviously, playing in League Two, but still, it's a big jump up no matter how you look at it. Uh, He played two matches this week. The first in League 2 in 90 minutes played at left wing back, forced back out to that wider position. I'm in a 2-0 loss to Wimbledon. But his passing is so good when he's out there. He's really much more comfortable, I would say, in possession on the wing. I think it helps him to be playing wider. Doesn't have to force balls inside as often. Likes to look into those channels. Of 18-21 passing, one key pass, a big chance created. Two of six on ground duels and one of one on aerial duels. Again, you'd like to see him get those dual numbers a little bit higher up. He just is a little bit tentative into the tackle. I don't think it's a strength thing because he's quite good at shielding players off the ball when a ball is either played in behind or whatever it might be. It seems like he's still a little bit indecisive sometimes on 50-50 balls, and that's something he will have to clear up. You, you can't be making those kinds of mistakes because when the game's playing a little bit faster and you're indecisive, you get played around. Uh, but he did have two clearances, an interception, and a tackle. Um, he did have an error leading to goal in this match. Uh, he just didn't have his body in the right position. He was asked to kind of play a little bit more inverted in this buildup, uh, and a ball came to him. His body position was incorrect, didn't have the right turn on it, defender on his back, tried to make a pass, immediately deflected uh, to a Wimbledon attacker, and they, they made an easy goal out of it. But, you know, that's a learning experience. You're going to make mistakes. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. William Saliba is the best defender Arsenal have had in two decades, and he's scored an own goal already. Like, it's not a big deal. These are learning experiences. This is why you go on loan. He makes that mistake in the Premier League, too, uh, with the under-21s, and it doesn't get capitalized on. You don't learn from it as much. But in senior football, you pay for those mistakes. And you know what? Agungbo made up for it, had a great rest of his game. And then in the later match this week against Fulham in the Carabao Cup when Crawley Town made a 2-0 win over somebody 86 league places ahead of them in the English football tiers. 
Ogungbo had an excellent match. 90 minutes at left center back. I still think that's his best position. That's where Betsy made him who he is uh, for the under-23s last year, and that's where he's at his best. Three clearances, four interceptions, two of four on long balls, a key pass. Again, 0 of 2 on duels, but, you know, he doesn't have to, in that position, he's more asked to cover the left wing back, right? So he's not trying to win as many duels. It's really more about the aerial duels that come his way, which not a lot of crosses came in during this match. But just awesome for Crawley Town to get this win, what it meant to them. The stadium was absolutely rocking when they scored those goals. And Fulham really didn't create much. And you have to credit the defense of Crawley Town and the midfield of Crawley Town and Betsy's formation and setup. And just an excellent win for them. It's great for a gungbo to get more experience against top flight talent. Obviously, they're into the next round, so we'll see who they get. But another two matches for a gungbo under the belt, clearly indispensable either at left wing back or left center back. So big news for him. Also in League Two, Arthur Okonkwo and crew played to a 2-2 draw with Northampton. Uh, Okonkwo, two saves, one punch, a high claim, and both of those saves coming from shots inside the box. But again, the distribution a little bit questionable. 13 of 35 passing, 7 of 28 on long balls. He has gotten better, I will say. He looks a little bit more comfortable with the ball at his feet. Uh, they do like to go long, but it's not often under pressure. It's more so that's clearly the tactics of the team. But again, his positioning and goal is incredibly confusing. Like, the goal he gave, the first goal wasn't really his fault. Got beaten near post, uh, but there was a huge mess in front of him. Like it was, And it was a goal from inside the six-yard box. He couldn't really see it, but not great positioning. He's too far out of his net. He's not covering his near post. It's almost like he's been so reliant on how large he is his whole career like that he hasn't focused on positioning, and I guess he'll learn from that. He does have good reflexes, but at a certain point, if you're in the wrong position, you're going to give up goals. But the second goal he gave up is just completely uh, not okay. I mean, he get, let up a direct goal from a corner kick in the 97th minute uh, for the draw to happen. Uh, he got just pinned in behind his own defense on the near post, and, and the ball just went in at the back post. He just has to command his box better overall. Like He has to find the balance of positioning himself out and being that big keeper who you know makes high claims and makes punches and, and keeps the ball away from his net and doesn't allow free crosses in. And also, when it's not a crossing opportunity, he needs to be in the right position. He hasn't found that yet. And it's a little bit worrying. It's early on, obviously, but he's played quite a few matches, and he is the goalkeeper. He's going to play goalie week in and week out at this point for the club. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit concerning, and it's it's a little bit odd because I haven't seen these kinds of mistakes really from him before. I mean, obviously, he was the third keeper with Arsenal last year, so that would have been a little shocking if he came in at any moment, which was a little bit worrying. Uh, Carl Hine, obviously, is a much bigger prospect. That doesn't worry me when he, if he was to come in like that. He would be in these weird places, but it's a learning experience. Uh, his positioning obviously leaves a lot to be desired, so we'll see how that progresses for him at Crew. Our other goalie on loan, Ovi Ejihiri, is getting all of the praise at Chelmsford. Really been excellent. Two matches this week, a 3-1 win over Weymouth. Made a ridiculous point-blank save uh, with his head off of a header. I think just reactionary type save. Uh, and then a nil-nil draw with Chippenham Town. Clean sheet for Ejihiri. Couple of fine saves, including one in a 1v1 opportunity. And he seems to be doing great. I mean, he's getting tons of praise. On Twitter, obviously, these matches not always watchable uh, in the league that he's in, in the sixth tier of English football. But it's great to see. I mean, he's getting the experience. You still have to make saves. You're still, I mean, making reaction saves are reaction saves no matter who you are. 
Uh, maybe, you know, people aren't scoring from 20 yards out and, you know, banging in free kicks. But it's good experience for Ejahiri. And, you know, it makes room for other players in the academy to get that opportunity and goal. And, and he's really been taking it. He's clearly the number one. He's He's been excellent throughout, and, and he'll continue to do so. Going over to Scotland, we have Ryan Alabiosu, played 90 minutes at right wing back in a 1-0 loss to Ross County. And Kilmarnock are a little bit in disarray at the moment. They just look a little bit beaten down. They've had a real tough start to the season here. Uh, Albiosu did all right in this match, 16 of 19 passing, 2 of 6 on crosses, 0-4 dribble successful, and only 1 out of 5 ground duels won. Just hasn't been great defensively so far for Albiosu. He's really looked to just bomb the wing, and everything else has kind of taken a back seat to that. He did make a nice move around a player early on, kind of just a long dribble past him and just burst around him. And the player goes flying into him, studs up into his knee, takes him out completely recklessly from behind, and gets a yellow card. I mean, this was one of the worst tackles I've seen in a long time. Worse than that Kieran Trippier tackle uh, on De Bruyne this past week. Well worse. Both should have been red cards. This was only given as yellow. Uh, But obviously, Alibiosu is well-liked by the manager. Uh, A lot of the possession goes through his side. A lot of it is working the ball through midfield, getting it to Alibiosu in a 1v1, and them kind of relying on him to beat a defender and put in a cross. And which is what he does. Uh, He made a couple of nice moves to get some nice crosses in, including a cut inside for a cross, which did result nearly in a goal after an unbelievable save by the keeper, which I haven't seen from Alibiosu at all at the youth level or this season. He's so used to going out wide, defender was kind of shading him inside. And you know what? Alibiosu took it, took a big dribble inside of him and got into the half space, made a great cross uh, into an attacker who made a really nice header to the top corner and the keeper made an awesome save. But it's interesting to see if he can start adding that to his game, that's going to open up a lot of lanes for him. Uh, And as I said, you know, he doesn't seem to be asked to be doing a lot of defending, uh, but unfortunately, the late goal that was scored in the 90th minute to win this match for Ross County, Albiosu was pretty much at fault for it. Uh, he lost his man in the box who poked home a loose ball kind of off of a deflection rebound, just wasn't paying attention to the guy he was marking, and he had an easy poke home. Uh, so you hate to see it for a couple of Hale Enders kind of at fault for some late winners or, or match changers here this week. But they learned from it. Albiosu looked a little bit uh, and upset about it. Obviously, he knew he was at fault, but he'll learn from it. He'll he'll get his defensive responsibilities under check, and hopefully, won't happen again to him this year. The last player who featured out of Hale End this week, Alex Kirk, benched the club captain, coming in at left center back in Iron United's two-one win over Cove Rangers, and Alex Kirk did not put a foot wrong all match. Lots of praise from him on the timeline from Iron United fans. Looks like he'll hopefully stay in the starting 11. Um, obviously, when he gets selected over the club captain uh, and they get a win, that's a big, big move for for Alex and hopefully signs of him continuing to play uh, at a time when Iron United were struggling, uh, but apparently really controlled this match well uh, and didn't have too much trouble throughout. That one goal came off of a penalty conceded late, late in the game by the other center back, not by Alex Kirk. Uh, we did have some players who are out with injury and unused substitutes. Omar Rekik, again, an unused substitute in a 1-0 loss to Ajax. You'd have to assume they're going to change things up at Sparta Rotterdam if they keep losing, right? You can't just keep the same players out there. I think they need a guy who can possess out of the back, and that's Omar Rekik. So hopefully that'll mean him coming in soon. Uh, Harry Clark still out injured with that shin injury, missing out against Burrow and Sunderland. Nikolai Moeller still out with that foot injury. Seems to just be a kind of a small injury that's just nagging him. He can't seem to shake it. 
Hate to see it after the great strong start he had in preseason. And Mika Beareth, there's not really any reports on this, but it seems to be out with some sort of injury. He's not making the bench, but I'm not sure exactly what the case is. Uh, Charlie Patino was unable to recover in time for the Burnley match, but should be back soon. A lot of reports that it wasn't a serious injury. Obviously, they're taking precaution. A very important player for them. Don't need him having a long-term injury. And then, as I mentioned at the top, Tom Smith has joined Bromley on loan in the National League. Goalkeeper, uh, big move because doesn't leave a lot of goalkeepers with the under-21s. That leaves uh, Hubert Gratchik and, and obviously James Hilson, who's actually picked up an injury. So look out for Alexi Rojas, young Colombian goalkeeper, 16 years old, already has featured with the Colombian under-20s. Big future ahead for him. Looks like he'll be making the bench and maybe getting some opportunities with the under-21s. So... That's very exciting. As I've said, we've become goalkeeper FC over here. A lot of big talents. So looking forward to seeing Rojas a little bit more. And then the big news. Obviously, it's been coming for a while. Salah Adin, Uladam Hand, however you like to call him, has joined Hill City on loan with an option to buy. Rumored around 13 million. My guess is it's probably closer to 10 million pounds. You know, people are questioning this. And here's what I'll say. Number one. Hull City are not spending that much money on Saladin unless they get promoted. If they get promoted and Hull City do want to spend that money on him, that's good influence for the club. That's that's good inflection of cash for the club. I'm sure we have a buyback sell-on clause inserted in this buy option, right? Like if Saladin is amazing for Hull, they buy option him for 10, 13 million pounds, whatever it is. We get that money, right? He plays another two years at Hull. Let's say he's excellent. We buy him back for, I'm going to assume, somewhere around the 20 million pound mark. So basically, we've paid £10 million to loan him out for three years and get Premier League and Championship experience. That's what I'm saying. Best-case scenario, Hull City go up. They purchase. Like, this is a smart move. This You see Chelsea do this all the time, and it works for them. This is what we need to start doing. Like, honestly, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Chelsea, but what they do with their academy is genius. It's an influx of a massive amount of cash. They progress players all over the world. You see Chelsea Academy prospects all over the place, and it means a lot. So this is a great move by Arsenal. I'm a huge fan of it. There's a lot of players in the way for Salah Adin anyways. You have, you know, Patino, Aziz. Uh, you have, obviously, Sirjan. I mean, there's tons of players who are in that center midfield role. Lakonga, we're bringing in another midfielder. Like, it would be hard for Salah Adin to break in, but obviously Arteta really rates him. He made the bench a lot last year. So I think this is a good move for club and player. Excited for Salah Adin. Hull really believe in him. Also gave him the 10 shirt. So we have two alone players given the 10 shirt. Uh, already. It's great news. I mean, we're making a lot of great business. There's so many players on loan, so much to watch, so much to enjoy, and I, I love watching it and reporting on it. For all you folks, um, that's really all I got for you this week. You know, hope to see some of these guys return from injury. Hopefully, Omar Reki gets his chance. I was really excited about this loan move for him, but otherwise, another week in world football for Hale Enders, and you know, one more week till the transfer window closes. I'd expect a couple more people still to go out on loan or to leave permanently out of Hale End. So we'll keep an eye on that and get back to you. But thanks for listening and, and thanks for all your support on Twitter. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's a blast reporting for you all. <laughs>